Luke 22 and verses 24 to 30. Also a dispute rose among as among them as to which of them was considered to be greatest. Jesus said to them, "The kings of the of the Gentiles lorded over them and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you shall be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves." For who is greater the one who is at the table or the one who serves is it not the one who is at the table but i am among you as one who serves you are those who have stood by me in my trials and i confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of israel this is the very passage that we read on thursday night last week most of the churches who have a service uh, called as a monday thursday service would read from this portion of scripture from luke 22 and from many of the other gospels also which speak about specifically about the uh, last supper that jesus celebrated with his disciples and even this morning we're going to break bread together remembering the death of the lord and also celebrating the body of jesus that was broken and through which we have been called together to be as one body in christ and we talked about how the breaking of the bread and the serving of the cup represents the new covenant jesus himself said this is the blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you we read that in verse 20 and he did not just talk about the significance speaking about the significance of this breaking of bread and the serving of the cup jesus did not stop with that the conversation continues but there is a important truth that he is unpacking right in that context of the breaking of the bread and the serving of the wine which of course is primarily representing his body that is going to be broken his blood that is going to be shed which is a new covenant that he is making a promise that he is making that he promises to forgive sins and give eternal life as a free gift in return he wants us to believe in him and follow him this is the covenant that he initiated right that night and fulfilled it by dying and rising from the dead but now he goes on to speak another matter which is also in this context makes so much sense why because because of this new covenant there is something that has been entrusted to us now interestingly it was in the course of this conversation that jesus brings brings this out he did not bring it out much earlier Uh, in the way he has done it here although he did mention at one point to the disciples especially in a conversation with peter in verse 24 onwards you find a dispute rose among them as they were reclining at the table as they were having this meal together as they were celebrating this last supper and which signifies this new covenant that jesus was making with them a dispute rose among them as to which of them was considered to be greatest and very often whenever jesus spoke of his death or his sufferings or of his departure there was always a conversation about who is greater and so in this conversation about who is greatest 
among them jesus said to them the gentiles the lords the kings of the gentiles lorded over them and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors but you are not to be like that instead the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves you know he did not demolish the idea of rank order where some would be greater than others he did not even it out and say no 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 none of you are going to be great all of you are just equal he said some would be great some would be in positions of authority some would rise up over others but how do you behave then he teaches about that firstly he is talking about a character issue and then he's coming to the real issue of why you need this character and the reason why he talking about he's talking about this character is because he's going to bestow on them something and what is that in verse 29 and 30 and i confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me wow can you just imagine what jesus was entrusting them with the father entrusted the kingdom of god to the son the son jesus when he came into this world came preaching the message of the kingdom and what was the message of the kingdom this was the message he said repent for the kingdom of god is at hand primarily the ministry of jesus was the reason why jesus came of course which was to do fulfill this plan of redemption the plan of redemption to redeem mankind by dying on the cross and rising again from the dead that was the reason why he came but with that was ushering in of his kingdom of the kingdom of god in this world why because initially god was their king god chose a man abraham gave him a promise revealed himself to abraham one man and then made him and gave him 12 children 12 sons and then uh, from there came a nation he created a nation out of one man and why did he do that so that he might reveal himself to them in order for him to be known to this world in order for him to be manifest in this world for the nations to know him he chose a man he made them into a nation and revealed himself to them through his law through his prophets and he was their king and he called them a kingdom of priests you find that in exodus chapter 19 and verse 6 he called them a kingdom of priests and they would serve the lord a priest would serve god a priest would worship god a priest would uh, be set apart for god and this is a whole kingdom set apart for god god's intention from the beginning of time was to set apart a people for himself and so repeatedly he would say i will be their god they shall be my people and i will dwell among them and you find that god who set apart this people wanted to manifest himself to the world through them and so the nations were watching and so you find somebody like that prostitute at jericho who sitting there by the wall what did she confess you are the children of the living god we saw what god your god did to the people of israel what he did through you to the nations to og king of bashan 
what he did to the other nations we saw what he did and he is the true living god she feared god even though she was a prostitute she recognized the god of israel to be the one true living god and so through the nation of israel like this you find that god was revealing himself and then you find people like ruth a moabitess woman you find many others who didn't who are not the people of israel who are not born genetically you know jewish who are, who did not know the god of israel but yet who acknowledged the god of israel to be the one true living god and so through this nation of israel repeatedly you find god is revealing himself through history to the nations of the world through the wars through the plagues through the famines through what everything that happens through wars through everything god is revealing himself and then finally the fullness of the revelation of god is seen in the person of jesus when jesus is born in this world and jesus comes in ushering in the kingdom because the people of israel had rejected god as their king when they wanted a king in the time of saul just before saul when samuel was a prophet and god himself was their king and the other nations of the world had their kings god was telling the people of israel you don't need a king i am your king where well, the people of israel would not listen and they said we need a king like the other nations of the world and they asked for a king and god permitted it and said okay go have it and they and he tells samuel this one thing he says they are not rejecting you samuel they are rejecting me as king when they are asking for a king and so now they got a king like the earthly kingdoms and they've rejected god as their king and so jesus is coming in now to usher in his kingdom he is going to be their king and so you see the triumphal procession of jesus entering into jerusalem palm sunday we celebrated two weeks back and we also heard the week before that about how what the kingdom of god looks like how the kingdom of god even the crow wants to worship god how the kingdom of god you know you can be outside the kingdom or you can be near the kingdom or you can be in the kingdom the bible says in the book of psalms that even the the fallow found finds a nest near your altar birds find peace and rest near the presence of god they can recognize the presence of god they come here that's why you will see too much of crow dropping in this area because they find a rest in this place they find they want to come and build nests in this place you know the bible says that that when jesus came into this world he came proclaiming the kingdom and he came ushering in the kingdom and so you see the effects of the kingdom the power of the kingdom the glory of the kingdom you begin to see a foretaste of the kingdom right here while jesus was walking on this earth he was healing blind eyes he was casting out demons he was calming the sea you know he he was proclaiming and he was preaching and he was speaking and he was speaking with such authority that the people the rulers uh, of israel the priests the teachers of the law the pharisees all the leaders were so amazed at the authority of jesus he was here he was demonstrating the power and the glory of his kingdom and ushering in the kingdom because the father had sent jesus to usher the kingdom into this world because the kingdom of israel has failed to be the kingdom of god and now jesus himself as the king of kings has come into this world now to usher in his kingdom not just for israel but the purpose of israel was done and now he's come there 
to open up the doors of the kingdom for all to enter and so the veil in the temple tears from top to bottom so that all mankind can enter anyone who calls upon the name of the lord will be saved it salvation and the kingdom and the covenants and the promises were only for the jewish people until then because god had chosen them for that purpose to reveal himself to them and through them to the nations but now because they have failed jesus comes in ushering in the kingdom and jesus pays the penalty for the sins of all mankind and jesus opens up the door for everyone to enter and for this set apart people to be expanded into more people who will be set apart for himself in times to come and so then you find the kingdom of god progressing from then onwards and jesus comes proclaiming in proclaiming the kingdom but the people of israel thought he is going to come as a messiah who is going to wage a war against the romans and he is going to establish a earthly kingdom and jesus even before at the time of the trial before pilate he says my kingdom is not of this world if it were so my my disciples would have fought for me my kingdom is not of this world and before he went to the cross he's speaking about what these people the disciples ought to be doing after he rises from the dead and that's why it's relevant for us to study this now because we finished easter sunday last week but he spoke this while he broke bread while he broke bread while he shared the cup he says i confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me he came ushering in the kingdom and now that work of the kingdom of expanding his kingdom establishing his kingdom progressing his kingdom he has given that to us what a blessing what a privilege we have that the kingdom which the father gave the son the relationship between the father and the son is very unique he's the only begotten son he's he is uh, he's truly divine and human he's sinless he comes as a son of god and comes to proclaim the kingdom and demonstrate the kingdom and usher in the kingdom of god calling people to enter into his kingdom jesus speaks to nicodemus and says unless you are born again you cannot enter the kingdom of god you cannot see the kingdom of god you can't enter the kingdom of god he's calling people to enter his kingdom but now he has given us the responsibility he's given us the kingdom in our hands and and he also said the kingdom of god is within you the kingdom of god is within you the rulership the lordship of god is within you and he has given us this kingdom to take it forward and so before he gives speaks about the commissioning of the kingdom he speaks about the character necessary in the kingdom and the character he speaks about is that in verse number 25 we read the kings of the gentiles lorded over them and those exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors this is the way the heathen behave any good they do they acclaim credit for it they exercise lordship and authority they subdue others they keep others others under a tight fist but he says you are not to behave like that you are the sons of the kingdom you're not to be like the leaders 
of the nation you're not to be like the leaders of the gentiles the way they exercise authority there is a kingdom that has going i'm going to confer on you but this is a spiritual authority that i'm going to give but you need to have a different attitude a different nature a different character verse 26 but you're not to be like that instead the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves it is the opposite way that jesus manifested himself remember this is the last supper and he's at the table he had just taken off his outer clothing wrapped it around a towel around his waist washed the feet of his disciples and wiped them with the towel no master would disrobe himself in before his uh his disciples no master would touch the feet of his disciples is the disciple who will wash the feet of a master but jesus comes as one who serves he demonstrates a character that is necessary to take this kingdom forward if you are a kingdom person this is how you need to be and we are all the kingdom people hallelujah we belong to the kingdom of light not to the kingdom of darkness hallelujah we belong to the kingdom of god not to the kingdom of the devil and we who are in the kingdom of god have a certain way we need to function and he says even though you are you may be the greatest you come as the youngest and so he's talking about the um the greatest among you shall be like the youngest the older the greater the one who has the power to exercise authority should be like the youngest who is also there to serve and the one who is the one who rules like the one who serves you might be the one who is at the command of things you have everything at your disposal you might be at the command of things but you are also to carry an attitude as the one who serves and then look at verse 27 for who is greater the one who is at the table or the one who serves is it not the one who is at the table but i am among you as one who serves you see he's also talking about his own example even though i am the one who is at the table i am the master i am the one who deserves glory i am the one who deserves respect i am the one who deserves service but i am the one who comes as serves as the one who will serve the ruler becomes the one takes on the attitude of a servant and jesus does not disqualify the fact as i already said does not disqualify the fact that some will be great the greatest among you he doesn't say no no nobody is going to be great you will be great you will rise up to greatness but how great god may take you you still continue to be the as the one who serves this is a kingdom attitude this is a kingdom character he does not talk about equality here but he's talking about the attitude the one who is the greatest will live like a servant and then once he's taught that he confers on them a kingdom look at verse 29 and 30 and i confer on you this is a kingdom commission and i confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of israel this is a kingdom that he entrusts to them just as the father did to him this is the task of progressing establishing progressing the kingdom of god in this world 
that task to demonstrate the power of the kingdom the task to demonstrate the power of the kingdom the task to demonstrate the love of the kingdom the work of the kingdom the the impact of the kingdom what the kingdom can do in a person's life is to be demonstrated by us it's interesting to see that jesus in a conversation in a different context but talk about the kingdom in matthew's gospel chapter 16 Matthew chapter 16 and let's read verses 13 to 20 when jesus came to the region of caesarea philippi he asked his disciples who do people say the son of man is they replied some say john the baptist others say elijah and still others jeremiah or one of the prophets they thought one of the old dead spirits have come back in a bodily form but what about you he asked who do you say i am simon peter answered you are the christ the son of the living god Verse 17 Jesus replied blessed are you Simon son of Jonah but this was not revealed to you by man but by father in heaven and i tell you that you are Peter and on this rock i will build my church this revelation that you have received that i am the son of the living god on this rock i will build my church and the gates of hades will not overcome it i will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven i give you the keys of the kingdom what is this keys of the kingdom the power the authority to lock to unlock whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you bid whatever you say will be sanctioned by heaven will be backed up by heaven whatever you lose will be lose if anybody needs to be bound up by a certain teaching should be bound up by a certain law should be bound up should be should be made necessary to follow will be bound they will be bound by that if you release someone and say they can be set free you know that paul when he found this immoral man he wrote to the church at corinth with an apostolic authority and he said he needs to be excommunicated because he's a man who is sleeping with his father's wife and he needs to be put out of the fellowship and you're not listening to me and he's saying when i come i will call to account of such kind of sin, sin sinners he bound he lay, he made it binding for them to excommunicate him put him out of the fellowship but then in the second chap in the second letter when he writes second corinthians he says let that punishment that was put put on him be enough now take him back let him be released from that punishment because that has brought him sorrow and he's repented and so take him back whatever you bind is bound whatever you lose is loosed this is the the keys to the kingdom of heaven and you will be able to open up the door and get people through the door into the kingdom of god Hallelujah. The work of the kingdom has been entrusted to us. How is the kingdom of God going to be established in this world? Why are we praying for the nation? Why are we praying for unsaved people? Because we want to see the kingdom of God expand and grow and established in the hearts and lives of people that Jesus will be the king over their lives. That they will come into his kingdom. The keys of the kingdom has been given specifically speaking to peter he says that because peter is the one who's opening the doors 
by his preaching of the gospel for the first time after Jesus ascended back into heaven he's preaching the gospel to the Jewish people and 3000 people get saved and come into his kingdom and then again in chapter 10 of acts you find Jesus you know Peter opening the door of the kingdom to the gentiles because until then the Jews believed that the kingdom was only for them And so Peter in his all Jewishness he counted all these gentiles the non-Jewish people to to be unclean and so he would not go into a non-Jewish person's house also but there's an angelic visitation there's a trance that he falls into and there is a vision that he gets and God sends a word to Cornelius and orchestrates the situation where the the where Peter will be brought to the house of Cornelius by a divine intervention and God is telling Peter don't call what is clean as unclean and and peter is the one who's opening the door for the gospel to the gentiles and then again in chapter 15 you find the binding and the loosing in acts chapter 15 come with me to acts 15 now in the church at jerusalem where they were all jews they were all agitated they were all wondering what is happening the gospel is going to the gentiles and some of the jews said oh you gentiles ought to be circumcised because if you're not circumcised you've not made a covenant with god they got confused with the old covenant they were bringing in the old covenant and did not understand the new we don't need to be circumcised anymore because we are not set apart by the cutting of the flesh by men's hands we are circumcised in our hearts by the blood of jesus but the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross for us and so we have been set apart for God made holy by the circumcision of our heart through the cleansing of the word of God and now that he has written his word in our hearts we live by a good conscience and so we don't need to be sacrificing animals nor do we need to be circumcised anymore because that was part of the old covenant and so in acts chapter 15 you find that the gentiles were expected by the many jewish believers to be circumcised and so this brought a confusion among them and so there was a council that met in jerusalem in verse in chapter 15 you find that verse 5 then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the pharisees stood up and said the gentiles must be circumcised and required to obey the law of moses verse 6 the apostles and elders met to consider this question after much discussion peter got up and addressed them brothers you know that something's some time ago god made a choice among you that the gentiles might hear from the my lips the message of the gospel and believe god who knows our heart showed that he accepts he accepted them by giving the holy spirit to them just as he did to us remember in the house of cornelius the holy spirit came upon those who heard the word and they all began to speak in tongues the coming of the spirit authenticated that the the gospel was meant to the gentiles also for the jewish believers who had gathered there who thought like peter who thought that the gospel is not meant for the gentiles saw that the same spirit they received you know the gentiles are also receiving and that authenticated that the gospel was meant for the gentiles also and so that's what peter is referring here Peter got up and addressed them verse seven brothers you know that sometime ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe verse eight God who knows the heart showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them just as he did to us he made no distinction between us and them 
for he, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the disciples a yoke that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear? If we have not been able to fulfill the law of Moses perfectly, this yoke is too burdensome. Why are you putting that yoke of circumcision and sacrifices on them again? Because that is not necessary. Jesus has come as one and only sacrifice. Verse 11, no, no, we believe it is through grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that we are saved just as we are, as they are. Verse 12, the whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done among them to the Gentiles through them. You see, they were trying to tell the elders, the apostles in Jerusalem who were Jewish, that no, God had been doing miracles among the Gentiles. God has come to the Gentiles. God is saving the Gentiles. God is pouring out the spirit on the Gentiles also. You see, Peter opened the key for the gospel, for the kingdom to progress into the Gentiles. And so Jesus gave the key to the kingdom, keys of the kingdom to Peter. To the Jews, to the Gentiles, he's opening the door. The floodgates of the gospel, the floodgates of the kingdom are opened up now and the gospel can go forward. And they, when they finished, James spoke up. James, the brother of Jesus, who was a senior apostle in Jerusalem, um, or the church at Jerusalem. Brothers, listen to me. Simon Peter, Simon has described to us how God had first showed his concern by taking from the Gentiles a people for himself. The words of the prophets are in agreement with this. You see, what is happening now through Peter, that the gospel is progressing to the Gentiles, is in agreement with the words of the prophets in the Old Testament. Verse 16, after this I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins I will rebuild and I will restore it. That the remnant of men may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord who does these things, that have been known for ages. Even the Gentiles will bear my name. That is pro prophesied by King David in the book of Psalms. Are you able to see that? Amen? Hello? Are you with me this morning? Verse 19, it is my judgment. James is giving his judgment. You see, this is the binding and the losing. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood. For Moses has been preached in every city from the earliest times, and is read in the synagogues on every Sabbath. And so the apostles and the elders decided to choose some of them from their own men, and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, with this letter. And they put down a draft letter. Verse 23 to 29 is the letter. And the letter, the content of the letter is this. That we will not enforce any of the Jewish customs or the Old Testament law on the Gentile believers. But they will not be required to circumcise. They will not be required to offer sacrifices. The only thing they need to be careful is that they need to abstain from food polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals and from blood in the meat. They will just keep themselves off of this. So to bind and to lose. This is not a legislative power. This is a judicial power. Do you know the difference between the both? They are not same. The legislative power is the power that a person has, a body has to make a law, a fresh 
law. But here is a judicial power that is within the framework of the law. You have the power to say you can do this or you don't have to do this. A judicial power which the judge has. The judge does not make the law. Right? The judge can pronounce a verdict and put somebody behind bars or levy a fine on a person or a certain requirement to pay for it. Or a judge can release them. And so, I confer on you a kingdom where you will bind and lose. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound, backed up by heaven. Whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We don't have time now to actually go more. We can go more deeper on this. Paul actually when he writes to the church at Corinth at one place he says, not I but the Lord says. Two verses after that he would say, not the Lord but I say. There is a power that God has given to us to the offices of the church as to how we function and what we keep binding is bound by heaven, is backed up by heaven and what we release and lose according to the teaching of scriptures as we carefully divide the word of truth without distorting it but lose somebody. They will be loosed. If anyone you forgive, I will forgive, he says. Amen. I confer on you a kingdom, an authority, a spiritual authority that you and I have been bestowed by God. Are you able to see whom God has chosen? We who are mortals, we who are sinners. God has given us this kingdom into our hands and called us and given us gifts and and called us to function in his kingdom, in the positions, in the offices that God has given to each one as an evangelist, as a pastor, as a teacher. Amen. As an apostle, God has given you an authority to exercise, not to lord it over others as the, as the Gentiles, as the authorities of the Gentiles do, but to be as one who serves. But there is also the kingdom and the kingdom leadership that God has entrusted into our hands. And God has given us the authority and he's given us the keys of the kingdom to open the doors of the kingdom for people to walk in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peter did it for the Jews, for the Gentiles. You and I also have the same commission. The kingdom commission is to open the door of the kingdom for people to be ushered in. Hallelujah. And it's given us the power to bind and to lose. He has given you the power. He has given you the authority to function in the office to which God has called you to. And you can function boldly, fearlessly. Hallelujah. With authority, with the power that God has given to us. And we cl in closing... Turn with me back to Luke's gospel, chapter 22. Realize what Jesus has been teaching. As they were reclining at the table, 
he's continuing to teach then verse 29 and 30 and i confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of israel the kingdom you exercise the power and the authority in the offices of the kingdom while on this earth because the kingdom is to be expanded and established and the keys to the kingdom has been given to us the kingdom work has been given to us and so we got to be functioning in his kingdom but also there's a kingdom to come in the coming ages you would sit with me on thrones judging the 12 tribes of israel god is also given a is is going to use us to affirm and to and to execute his judgment judging not that we pronounce the verdict he's the judge of the living and the dead but he's given he's given us a privilege as a kingdom people to be with him to affirm and to be on the side of his judgment in his kingdom judging the 12 tribes of israel that we will be with him that we will be on seated on thrones the bible says that but so that you may eat and drink at my table that you will have the fellowship with him that you will have this communion with him that's exactly what he said in verse 16 and 18 of the same chapter he said i will not drink of the fruit of the wine until i drink it in my kingdom that i'm going to have this with you a fellowship with you a celebration with you of this what has been accomplished on earth is going to be celebrated in heaven because the kingdoms of this world would have become the kingdoms of god and of his christ as we read that in in revelation chapter 11 and verse 15 we read that the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of god and of his christ one day the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of god and of his christ and we shall judge just like mephibosheth sat at the table of david and and got to feast along with the king mephibosheth is the grandson of saul but mephibosheth was shown mercy by david and he had this privilege of sitting with david at the table all through his life that's a kind of you know picture it shows as we who are undeserving mephibosheth was lame mephibosheth you know deserved death but he was the only one who who was spared in the family of saul but now by grace and mercy mercy was shown to him and he is sitting at the table all through his life with king david you and i will be given this privilege to sit with jesus and he says i confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of israel it will be provided for you in this royal table and also you have this authority along with jesus in that great day we sit with him on thrones as assessors with christ to approve of to applaud the judgment of jesus hallelujah judging the 12 tribes of israel it's amazing to see how the kingdom of god has been entrusted into our hands and so this morning as we participate in the table of the lord we also we firstly celebrate the new covenant that jesus made with us but we also realize here is a commission that's coming along a kingdom that has been conferred to us a kingdom that you and i are called to establish a kingdom a, the, the kingdom and its keys that has been entrusted to us where we need to be opening the door for people to enter into his kingdom and where we have been given the offices of the kingdom 
to bind and to loose and heaven will back us up there's a spiritual dimension to it it's amazing that you and i who we ourselves are simple ordinary people have been given this spiritual authority and that's why in the corinthian church when there were disputes among them so there were lawsuits between each other and paul says don't you have anybody amongst you who will be able to judge these cases and settle these disputes pronounce these verdicts why do you have to go before pagan courts there's a kingdom authority that god has given to us hallelujah to bind and to loose to proclaim verdicts some of you are amazed you might be wondering what is this yes god has given you the authority he has given you you are a kingdom person the kingdom has been conferred on us hallelujah and may we continue to progress his kingdom establish his kingdom and and be faithful to what has been entrusted to us the kingdom has been entrusted to us may you becoming a may you become a functioning person in his kingdom and as you begin to function in his kingdom you will realize the authority you will realize the power you will begin to exercise it you will begin to see it manifest through you hallelujah hallelujah this is not a this is not a power this is not an authority that comes by a virtue of position it's not it does not come by virtue of designation it is a spiritual authority that god has given to you to exercise the power of his kingdom hallelujah shall we pray this morning that god will take us and use us as his kingdom people to open the to open the door of the kingdom he's given us the keys of the kingdom hallelujah that we will cause many to enter into the kingdom of god that god will give continue to in, empower us to exercise the authority that he has given to us in his kingdom hallelujah hallelujah praise you lord praise you jesus